Hi, everybody, and thanks for dialing in. Uh, welcome to the Afero podcast series. Uh, I am Shaheen Khan, and I have the pleasure of uh, having a conversation uh, with none other than Ben Gibbs. Hi there. And Ben, why don't you uh, tell everybody what you do for Afero? Okay, so I'm in charge of the customer enablement team. So that's a group of engineering folks who operate around the world with our customers uh, to enable them to use a Faro's system and a Faro's platform. So that's really one of the reasons we were eager to have a chat with Ben is because the conversation today is about having just a practical introduction to IoT, an overview, and who better than someone who's worked with a whole lot of customers, have seen a lot of use cases and obstacles and challenges and can speak in an informed way about how to go about it. So uh, let's get started. How do we start with IoT? I figured that maybe we can start with the I in IoT. That sounds like a good idea, yeah. Obviously, the I in IoT is internet, but a lot of customers actually, they jump in right to that and they say, you know, how do we connect? Right, what um, are my choices? Exactly. But before we get to that, it's actually quite important to think about why are you connecting? What is the reason why you want to connect up this thing to the internet in the first place? Sometimes that isn't entirely clear. And, um, and if it isn't, then you actually want to spend a little bit of time mm. doing your homework because... you got some work to do. Yeah, that will actually, the reason why you're doing it will carry you through the whole process. So if you've got a good idea... It could be a, the reason could be that you want to learn more about your customers. It could be just for your own business mm. objectives. Uh, it may be that you're adding some value to the product. So the customer is going to benefit from it being connected. And, and it may be both. Quite often it is both. But until you actually sort that one out, you don't want to really go any right, further. Right, right, right. <laughs> But then it's also a question of what it is you're actually connecting. If you've got like a big airplane compared mm -hmm. to like a door sensor, that limits or expands your choices, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in theory, anything can be connected. And one of the things that Faro enables is the ability to connect really low power, mm. uh, simple devices, as well as fully fledged uh, internet capable devices such as those running Linux, for example. So it, it can it can yeah. vary. Absolutely. So that seems to be like a demarcation line, whether what you're connecting actually runs a full-fledged operating system and it's got a hefty CPU compared to something that really needs to be out there in the field, not a lot of power, no screen, et cetera, et cetera. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely correct. Typically, uh, you know, if it's battery operated, then it's going to be running some kind of low power radio, such as Bluetooth. If it's connected to some source of power, it may be able to run Wi-Fi as well. Uh -huh. um, but even then, in terms of power, you have to think about it, not just in terms of energy, but also processing power. How capable mm. is it? And so the device may have a very limited capability in terms of that regards because of maybe cost um, it needs to be a low a low priced device or mm -hmm. or space it needs to be in a small location uh -huh. so those are all factors that can determine you know the capability of the device very well very well okay so we've figured out why we want to connect it we've looked at what it is we want to connect that has informed how we're going to go about connecting them what do you see next what do what do customers do after that 
So uh, it, it varies depending on whether you're talking about something that is owned by one customer. So let's say a factory. If a factory has wants to deploy devices throughout the factory, then obviously they own all the devices and it's their own thing. And, uh -huh. and they may be using a, a company to install them or they may have their own staff installing them. Same with a, say like a, a restaurant equipment maker mm -hmm. or a, a supplier to restaurants. They will be a single customer. They will have many, many devices on their one account and uh, they'll be installing them themselves. Conversely, it may be that you are producing devices for the consumer market, in which case it's going to be the end user who buys the device that's going to be doing the installing. No matter who it is, your device is going to be useless if it isn't actually connected. Right, right. right so right. going back to the <laughs> IoT thing, the, the internet part, if it isn't actually uh, able to be configured and connected and join that great internet, then not only is it not connected and you're not getting the data, but unfortunately you've wasted all that money that you put into trying to make it happen, right. you know, the electronics or the service or whatever. Mm -hmm. So ensuring that that is as simple as possible is absolutely vital. And it's an area where a lot of our competitors uh -huh. really fail and because they make it too complicated. And so one of the things that Faro does is that we have a, a super easy, we call it onboarding, the onboarding experience, the bringing online. And that's a combination of adding a device to a particular account uh -huh. and also configuring it if required. So, I, I, so onboarding is essentially your end user customer has now received the shipment. They're excited. They just got their new smart gadget. Mm -hmm. They plug it in or they somehow are ready or turn it on if it's a battery operated and now they want to claim it. Right. They, want to, they want to connect it to the internet and be able to interact with it. That's what we call onboarding. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So a lot of stuff really comes in here then. I mean, ease mm -hmm. of use, like you said, and the user experience and the out-of-box experience. But I imagine another part of it is really reliability because, you know, if I try and fiddle with Wi-Fi passwords or BLE airings and... You know, the third time it doesn't work, I'm throwing that thing away. That's absolutely true. In fact, I mentioned earlier that you'll have lost money because, uh, or effectively lost money because the thing's not connected. It can actually cost you money mm. because if you've got someone who genuinely does want to connect it and is hitting these problems, then what will happen is that they will uh, <laughs> call you up. Right. right? Um, or worse. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call you up. Yeah, especially nowadays, you know, with reviews and things like this. Right, they'll give right. you bad reviews, uh, which will hit your sales. They will, yeah, they'll give you a customer care call, which will cost you real money. I think the going rate is about $20 a call right now. And so this is something that you definitely don't want okay. to have happen. Okay, so this is one thing that you really ought to put on your front windshield and make sure you really test the heck out of it before you launch the product. Yes, yes. And, and with our uh, Ferro system, you can actually test that out right from the get-go with our dev boards. Uh, uh -huh. It's kind of built into our system is this uh, one-step easy onboarding. Just scan the QR code and you're online. The thing is, though, that other systems may offer this kind of like provisioning, as they call it. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But the thing is that we do it in a very, very secure way. So and, security. Yeah. You just yes. raised security. Right. Now, what I have seen is that when you implement security, you give up on a bunch of other things. 
you make it a little bit more difficult to use because you're putting obstacles in front of bad guys and that also includes good guys. You may require more processing power. Explain to us what end-to-end -end security is like. So as you we were mentioning those things, I, I, was, I was laughing a little bit because a lot of those are not problems with what we have. So uh, you're absolutely correct though. Sometimes when you think about security, you think about, oh, you know, like that uh, 20 digit password that they right. want me to remember <laughs> and you know, the, the exclamation point and <laughs> the right. capital letters and all this sort of stuff. But no, I mean, what we've done is we've actually encapsulated the security in, into the hardware itself. We call it abstraction. So we've, we've put that below the surface. It's there, it's used, but from your development standpoint, from the user's standpoint, it's hidden uh -huh. and, it's, and it's just operating. So from that, we actually make it very easy. One of the benefits, for example, of onboarding is we do the onboarding via a smartphone. Uh -huh. uh, it does use Bluetooth, but there is no Bluetooth pairing. I see. So there's no Bluetooth pairing. And the reason why there's no Bluetooth pairing is because we have an underlying secure link from the device all the way to the cloud and back. Uh, so we don't actually need to rely on that pairing thing. So there are multiple channels of communication at the same time. Yes, and bigger scale than just the little Bluetooth connection. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I mean, one thing that we have, all of our devices have, a, and, and this really follows best practices in the security industry, which is having a hardware-based route of trust. So we ensure that the device can be trusted mm -hmm. and it is, uh, therefore, it can be authenticated that it is who it says it is. Right and that it can also be trusted when it sends data, that that data is encrypted only from it. Right. Uh, we actually also have a hardware-based route of trust in the network as well. This is something that a lot of our competitors don't have. We actually have keys and secure crypto algorithms stored in a hardware unit in the cloud. I see. And so what you can imagine is that the data and the authentication is flowing from both of these ends. They're communicating and uh, we can be sure that devices are who they say they are and that they can be sure that they're talking to who they think they should be talking to. That's awesome. Right? So it operates both ways. It's called mutual, That's you know, awesome. mutual That's authentication. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I've been doing some research on IoT security mm -hmm. and, and what I was seeing was that Anybody that goes down that rabbit hole of security, and it is a complex topic. Yes. You know, and, and, and I know that, you know, we have security experts and crypto cryptography experts and such at Afero. But anybody that goes down that rabbit hole basically comes out convinced that if you want best practices security today, that requires a hardware root of trust. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to end up there um, because if you don't, then inherently your device can be cloned, uh, copied, it can be... Um, right. Uh, and, and the thing is with IoT security is that when you are developing a, a small number of units, no one cares. Uh, right. you, you can just create this... The attack surface is yeah. too small. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and not attractive, right? I right. mean, it's, it's not worth like, your while. <laughs> um, but, you know, once you get into the large... Let's say that you are a, a maker of, you know, 10,000 units a month, that mm. sort of thing very rapidly you're going to create a very attractive target for hackers right and you see the volumes or it's uh you know your brand that they will go after 
And, and not only that, but it may not be tomorrow that they do it. It may be in five years' time. You know, uh, either way, your product's still out there. It's right. still got your brand on it. You know, so so you'll be a target, whether you like it or not. And thankfully, with Faro's security designed in right, right, right. from the get go. Right. So we don't tack it on later. We don't. We haven't just kind of like overlaid it. Everything is always done securely. And everything from that onboarding that I was talking about to the day-to-day communication. You know, that's another best practice that I've been reading is that if you want security, it has to be from the specification onward on everything you do and can't be a bolt-on afterthought. Yeah. Uh, another thing uh, you were mentioning earlier was that was some exposure that others may have is that one device gets compromised and all of them get compromised. Yeah. And, and that's also something that you know, the whole cryptographic-based security avoid. That's correct. So, okay, we've talked about connectivity. We talked about user experience. We've talked about security now. And one thing that strikes me is that implementing an end-to-end IoT production-ready rollout really requires pretty wide spectrum of technologies to come together. That's from, true. You know, from mobility to... Now, let's add to that, because I think now that you have that, you're probably going to want to interact with your device through your mobile device, like you said you were doing. So that means you probably need a mobile app. Exactly, yeah. Now, not everyone needs a mobile app, uh-huh. right? I mean, they may need a web-based dashboard or something like that. But uh-huh. uh, the, the advantage of the mobile app is, even if you think you don't need it, it could be used, for example, during the installation process uh, to rapidly install the device. But yeah, we have a mobile app that's available for download on all the you know, iOS store and the, and the Play Store. That is for development and really gives you an idea about how easy Faro is to use. It enables you to use our dev boards. But as a customer wants to go to market, they have a number of options with us. One is they can uh, use our software development kit, uh-huh. which has a ready-to-go app. It's available for us skinning uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. you know it can be uh, accelerates things anyway it and does you can customize it uh, it i would say that it probably enables saves about three months worth of development oh wow i, I okay. would say uh-huh. you know uh-huh. um, you're able to jump start and get going immediately and then of course we can also enable things like the uh, full customization we have partners who are able to mm-hmm. provide that service as well now, where do you basically define what sort of data comes out of the device and where it goes and what does it mean and yes. how often? Where does that happen? Right from the very start, actually. Okay. Um, yes, that's uh, one thing that you do want to get right at the beginning. And we have a an approach that's uh, based on what we call profiles. So the device profile is created by the developer or by the customer. We have a really nice tool. It's called Avero Profile Editor, uh-huh. or APE. And <laughs> the Avero Profile Editor is a what-you-see-is-what-you-get tool. You don't require any programming. No so, uh, JavaScript, no Python, no, no development. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, click, it, drag, it's drop. click, drag, drop. And I within like that. that Profile Editor, you define what... First of all, you start off with, you know, what is this device? So you give it a name. Mm. Then you define what are the attributes of this device. So by attribute, that can be like a, that's a data element. Uh So it could be the temperature Uh or the pressure or 
the value of something. You know, how many cans are there in the vending machine? That kind of thing. Or how many times the uh, door opened or... Exactly. Things like that. Okay. Yeah. So you can define those and those are attributes. And, and they could be strings, bytes, integers, for, you know, decimal numbers. Uh -huh. Yeah. There's a whole uh -huh. bunch of options. So, so you define the data structures implicitly at the same time. Yes. Excellent. Yes. So okay. you give them names. And in that regards, actually, what that, the benefit of that is that you're actually then going to be generating right from the start structured data. And this structured data is actually of value in the future because it now gives you the ability to analyze it easier. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so in the receiving end of the data stream, you know what to do with it. Yes, yes, exactly. So that is kind of the definition of the device. Uh -huh. And in addition, in, included in that profile, we also include things like how should these data elements be represented in the mobile app UI? How should they be connected up physically? Uh -huh, so uh -huh. are they linked? Is this attribute linked to a GPIO pin, for example? I see. Or is it oh, something that needs to go through an MCU? So there's there's some wiring up logic that's included in there. And the great thing about this uh, profile is that it gets sent out over the air to the device and to the mobile app and to the cloud and enables you to completely redefine what this device does. So one benefit from the customer's perspective is that they can create some generic hardware and the generic hardware can then be repurposed just using software ah, into I different see. applications. So from a supply chain perspective, it's I see. highly efficient. So we have a customer, for example, that uses exactly the same hardware for washing machine, dryer, top load washer, uh, air conditioner, refrigerator. It's all the same hardware. It's just this profile that's being changed. I and see. So if you have awesome. multiple projects that you envision, Mm -hmm. that ability to reuse what you've done before can itself be a huge accelerator. Exactly. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind if you're thinking about this. Yeah. Now, we talked about the receiving end of data. So the data goes to somewhere in the cloud. Yes. So there's got to be like a catcher on that end. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's actually quite a, a big catcher because you've got to imagine, uh, if you can, millions of devices out there all transmitting data. So your catcher has to be able to handle that right. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, without Skipping error, a beat. <laughs> without skipping a beat. And Probably with very low latency. because very, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, very low latency, exactly. And to be able to do that, you have to have a huge scale, right, on the front end. So mm. a lot of companies, when they think about doing this themselves, trial it in the lab and they think, oh, you know, it works, it's great, I've got a connection, you know, this is fantastic. But when they hit scale, ah. then actually an awful lot of things change. And there's a lot of difference between running a web server and running Google. Right. right. I mean, exactly. think about the people who work on making sure right. their network is working. Well, we're doing the same, but for IoT. And we do it globally as well. So we, we ensure that the devices, no matter where they are, can connect to us. And we can handle that fire hose of effective data. Right. Then what we do is we put it into a form by which the customer can then, in a more relaxed way, right. uh, access. They could receive it either like database access right. or through one of our tools. Mm -hmm. 
or they could have the data piped to a queue so they can extract it at their leisure. As a device manufacturer or solution provider, I probably have you know half a dozen other clouds that I'm using to run my business. So this whole IoT cloud needs to get integrated with all of that, right? If I have my machine learning algorithm running nice and happy somewhere and you know my analytics somewhere else, I want to be able to plug all of this in. So that's another requirement folks need to have in mind. Definitely. And that's something that we support because we have open APIs, RESTful APIs. We also have software development kits for a variety of languages, for example, Java. And so you're able to hook into our network and either, like really, I mentioned... Make it, make it yours, basically. Yes, yeah. Connect in, and we will be the data source for your AI right. or analytics or whatever you want to do. So we'll deliver the pipes, mm -hmm. so to say. And then are you offering any kind of applications that can accelerate what I do or the backend apps? Yes. Yeah, we do. So, I mean, one of the things that we do, which is slightly different to others, is that we actually have historical data. Uh -huh. So as the devices are changing their states, changing their attributes over time, all of that is being stored for the customer. So we're not just like publishing it and then poof, it's gone. It is actually stored. So what that enables the customer to do is have some historical, they can actually view into how are things changed over time. And we have a tool, it's called Intuition. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it takes the data. And if you remember, we were talking about how the profile defines the structure right, of the data. Right, 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 right. So it takes that and it actually is able to automatically create some intelligent reports uh -huh. and intelligent representations of your data. And you're able to view how things have changed or happened over the past 30 days or however long you want, right? And so that is a, that's a tool that's available to customers. All right, so that really definitely gets, gets folks started. Very well, so we talked about connectivity, we talked about user experience, we talked about security throughout, including supply chain security, how you go about building a mobile app, whether you build it yourself or whether you customize, obviously preferences for the latter, how you might reuse what you did before for future projects, and how you can integrate with a cloud and make it yours. This is really a pretty good introduction for most folks. Uh, what other, you know, do you see anything else that's a challenge that people need to have in mind? I think that one of the biggest things to bear in mind, uh, just going back to security, is that security is a moving target. Hmm. So although we may implement best practices today, which Afero does, you always have to ask yourself, what's going to happen in one year? What's going to happen in mm. five years? What's going to happen in 10 years? Right, right, you're right. If you just imagine, you know, that's like 2028. 20, and it's many crazy. of these connected devices have that kind of a life cycle. They do. And like I mentioned, it's going to have, it's going to be even more attractive in that time frame. So one of the key things uh, is, do you have a platform, a system that can update over time. Ah, I see. Right. So we actually built our system right from the ground up to support what's called over-the-air updating or OTA. Mm -hmm. And every time a device and a ferry device connects to the network, there is a check made of the various version numbers of the various pieces of software on the device. I see. And if anything is out of date, then it can be updated. And 
so this is this is actually very very strong reason you know for huge, security yeah. Yeah. and support um, in addition to that you need dynamic security so you need to have a system that is actively expecting to be attacked yeah right and yeah. a lot of these systems are built assuming that no one's going right. to attack them which is the wrong approach it goes back to that security by design right security by design inherently means expect to be hacked by design that's right, right. You, you are going to be hacked. so <laughs> you wake you know, up every day <laughs> saying today is the day they're gonna get me <laughs> right right and and so you need to have an operation center mm. you need to have a, a 24-hour expectation of this mm -hmm. and so you know we have built tools on the network and continue to that monitor traffic monitor connections and sometimes those connections are perfectly fine. You know, they are a regular customer accessing us. Sometimes they appear mm. to be a bit strange, uh, like they're accessing us an awful lot. You know, what, what's going on there? Sometimes they are truly malicious, right? So, um, but that takes people, that takes staff, that mm. takes, yes, you can do it in an automated way, which we do, but you do actually need to have this monitored. And so that's an investment that a lot of companies uh, don't anticipate some of them can't even think about it really yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and 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 security is a is a is a tricky beast you know yeah, it's, exactly. it's like continuously evolving so that's something that we take very seriously yeah excellent and, uh, excellent yeah. well well thank you ben uh thanks for the insight and the time and thank you our listening audience all thousands of you out there please get on the afero website afero.io uh, click on the contact button if you have any questions or if you have topics that you'd like us to cover. We'd love to do that in future episodes. Thank you. Thank you.